0: Hey everybody hey baby are you ready hey everybody welcome back to the Get Tuck podcast I am your host Tuck. It's been an insane year, but I feel reinvigorated and ready to podcast again, so thank you all for joining me if you are listening. Also, my dear friend Ian has teamed up with me to help me bring the show to YouTube as well, so very stoked to be doing it in a new way. Uh, You can check every week and watch it on YouTube if you want to just watch us be idiots instead of just listening to my voice. Um, We've been recording some episodes over the last few months, and I'm really excited to finally share them with you guys. In Fit for a King news, we will be back on the road this fall for the Metalcore Dropouts Tour. Uh, The Devil Wears Prada and us will be rotating every night as headliners, and we'll be joined by counterparts and landmarks. I'm stoked. It's going to be sick. Also, if you've never listened to or seen landmarks, band is absolutely fucking bonkers. They're so good. On our first episode back, we are joined by the one and only Jesse Cash. I've been wanting him to be the first guest back and purposefully waited until we could talk again. We recorded this chat a couple months back at the beginning of summer. It was right before we took off from the Emotionless and white, uh, in white In This Moment tour. And I'm just such a fan of Jesse, his art, and his demeanor as a person. Over the years, we've been blessed with the opportunity to tour with a lot of people and meet a lot of individuals. But I really think few are as authentic, genuine, and kind as Jesse I really look at him with admiration because he's just so consistently great, and I think that you guys will definitely get a vibe from that with this chat. He's not just a good musician. He's a good person, and it's really lucky to get to have friends like that these days. I'm honored to have him on the show and can't wait to show you guys. So, can't, uh, yeah, here we go. We're back, baby. Listen to it. Hope you enjoy it. Check out their latest single, Pale Iris, out now. Here we go, my conversation with Jesse Cash. I would say I'm prepared. I don't know if I'm prepared. Would you say I'm prepared, Jesse? We'll find out. Well, here we go. It's begun. I'm back, baby. I took a break because my brain was fried because my band went on tour for six months and it hurts when you do that mentally and physically. And uh, currently, I am down five pounds and my podcast is alive again. So hi, Jesse. Jesse Cash, the man, the myth. Hello, Tuck. How are you?
1: I am good. You look great.
0: Thanks. You look great. You have a haircut since the last time I saw you. It's pretty crazy.
1: That means that we haven't seen each other in a while because I've had this haircut for like, Jesus, six months or something.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've seen you since we went on tour together.
1: That's crazy. That's not like a lie, but I'm going to choose to believe you. I'm making it a choice might. to trust you, even though my better judgment says that you're a liar. Well, you're right. Um, no, I,
0: I, you know, I feel like I got that whole uh, Jim Carrey liar liar thing going on sometimes, where I'm a little bit too honest and it gets me in trouble. But, um, <laughs> you know, maybe it's just being dumb, and that's okay too. Um, yeah, I feel like we've just been on tour so much, both our bands. Since we were originally, where we were just like in recovery mode for two years to be like, wow, we didn't do anything for two years, so let's just tour for two years straight. Um, yeah, maybe you don't feel the same because you get to tour with bad omens, and that's different. But um, I would <laughs> say that it's uh, been a lot. Oh, dude, you know what? Hold on one second. Also, I forgot to turn my air conditioner off.
2: Oh, cool you damned fool i can't hear it but yeah i believe uh, you why not? it's good to keep know. that shit off
1: during recording um yeah i mean i like having a break <laughs> lately like yeah. uh yeah it's it's um it's weird having like such a long break before touring came back you would think that we would just want to like keep go go going but i kind of enjoy being home more i think i figured out how to be home
0: i Uh, agree and i like being home way more than i did pre-pandemic um
1: mm -hmm. i wasn't even going to say the p word
0: i think that's a good (laughs) idea honestly um i used to call it the dark times when i talked about it more frequently but um yeah i agree uh it's been a little bit insane but for you guys Super fruitful. I mean, your band has grown tremendously since that time period, I feel like. And because I feel like when we first came back, it was like the first time you guys were playing Snowblood and like the new songs. And ever since then, just been on this awesome upward trajectory, signing to Unified, all that kind of jazz. And um, it's been really cool to see since I've known you guys for a long time and played with your band a bunch uh how has it been for you guys from that perspective of like kind of have you seen the change for yourself is it something that like maybe you don't notice quite as much or does it feel pretty gratifying
1: yeah uh well first of all thank you i i, well, I could say the same about you guys i mean kind of everyone right now is just like everyone that we've come up with it seems to be getting their due so to speak yeah it's doing really well yeah but, it's um, pretty wild but yeah, I mean the tour you guys just did. And thank you. Insane. The production was so good, dude. I I like. I wish I could have actually seen a show in person.
0: We were pretty but. spoiled. Like the lighting package was incredible, and then we also had Anthony, who he works primarily um, currently for Pierce the Veil, like doing media with them, and he designed all the the show that went with the panels and stuff, and they just. We gave it a lot of love, and I think that um, they haven't done it a lot, and that pushed them to go even harder on it, and uh, and then we got to have Anthony out with us on tour doing media, so that combo... Um, was pretty, pretty incredible. We felt very spoiled because he's like I said, always with Pierce, like we're no Pierce the veil. So, um, and the used, uh, the dudes and nut. but thank you for saying that we were super stoked on it. And I like getting to finally do production was just so cool. We've never really gotten, to, we've never really headlined big shows because last time we did, it didn't like work out as well. um, So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to figure more out. I I want Pyro, though.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the unicorn of cool production, right? I want to be outside
0: at some European festival with monster sized Pyro and then to be like Gojira is playing next. (laughs) Something like that. That would be pretty cool. And then I'd be Lorna Shore because they're doing that right now. And that's also insane. Um, yeah, we did a confetti blast
1: in uh we did a confetti blast in london and i was just like we've done it god damn it we've that's awesome it. you took over it's you you're the yeah. king now yeah that's I, dude
0: honestly confetti blast is pretty cool i
1: i, I love them. we tore with beartooth and they did a confetti confetti blast every Conflati, night con, i like Conflati that <laughs> <laughs> and uh th- th- people just like love confetti. Like that like just like the the increase in the ooze nah that's when it happens. I was like, yeah, I want that. So we we, we did one of those and now that's, yeah, that's the sick. thing when you, when you like up production is like you have to just like keep doing it because then people are like the last time they were here they had more and it's like well fuck right? are you always gonna want more and it's like yes and so do I. <laughs> Finally the Pyro uh,
0: Like I remember you know um like hearing about bands that spend like most of their tour income on production in order to create that and to like hype people and to want to bring them in. And, you know, touring has always been such a breadwinner for us always that I can't imagine spending all of it on production, but at the same time, that's gotta be what, you know, helps a band to elevate to that level. Like, Doing super crazy pyro and stuff. Plus, shout out Beartooth, they're in yellow mm. mode now. They've changed <laughs> yeah, it dude, up. Yeah. They've shifted colors. He wears Brain Dead. It's sick. I yeah, recently, I so gotta... brain Dead the shirt that he's wearing, I love that company because they do uh, magic collabs. Like, officially licensed ones. So I actually just bought two Braindead shirts recently. Um, nice. But they're not as cool as his. They have magic cards on them. So it's pretty neat for me which, you know, I like ever since that tour, I've been heavily addicted. I've lost my life to magic. Thanks to Alex. It's terrible.
1: I, uh, I, I will never get into that, but, um, speed. You shouldn't. It's smart to not, because it's, it's bad for you. It's almost like, it's almost like sound engineering. It's like at a certain point, like you've missed so much learning curve. Like I'm not going to become a master sound engineer at this point and i'm I'm not gonna get into magic and you might just because
0: you have good taste and i feel like that's such a big part of it now where things are becoming engineering or magic uh engineering i mean magic no. it yeah i mean i just watched it it's similar in, in a sense where i just watched a tremendous amount of youtube
1: yeah and I mean,
0: spent way too much time on it and money I,
1: I think I've gotten as far with it as I need to. Like I can I can record my own pre-production at this point, which is like all that I need. And then uh and you can write all your silly drums and
0: stuff and yeah, for, for, for the
1: longest time I, I I couldn't write drums. Like I I just did not understand what drums were. And then I realized that I just hadn't tried it. And then I we did those covers on the on the deluxe uh yeah. of our self-titled. We did three covers and I just like copied the drums over from it's the like covers a Muse and just cover, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Muse, audio slave, and nine inch nails. Sick. And um uh yeah, I just kind of copied what the originals did, and then I was like, Oh, I think I understand drums. So now I write drums <laughs> to my free pro. But they're like shitty drums. You know, it's like yeah, I always have to remember like, oh wait, I should change the symbol up. It's just like little like learning curve things because I just have never even messed with them or tried yeah. to do drums before but you know then alex will just make them our real drummer's drums based on my simple little sense. beats
0: but yeah um, yeah that's my next task in life now that so i felt like for a while i was done learning and the, the way that you you know feel we've spoken feeling about both these things is definitely how i originally felt about magic because my best friends at home evan and devin they've both played magic for like 20 years And I was like, dude, I'm not going to get into this. It's so much to learn, like insane. And uh, that was like 10 years ago, 10, maybe even more. And now uh, I just like was so excited about it after learning some on tour that I just really got into it. Right. And then it really struck me where I was like, oh, I need to. uh... Hey, we'd made it. Um, I'm not done learning. I just wasn't interested in something for a while and now my challenge is to like learn how to how to play like make midi drums well um because everyone else in my band is so good at making demos like between Trey Dan and Bob like they're all awesome like Dan is an is a professional engineer like he does records so it's a lot like being around guys that are that skilled, it definitely can be daunting at times. Um, but luckily they're well, really patient with me.
1: That's like why I, that's why I like living with um, like Mike and Noah. Cause they're just so, they're so comfortable in logic. It's the reason why I got logic because who's Mike, if I need, if I have any questions, if I'm confused about something, I can just be like, Hey, when you guys just show me this? And they're like, There you go. And then in two seconds, I know how to do it forever versus like going down the rabbit hole of watching an hour long YouTube video, like, you know, swiping through the video, trying to find the timestamp to where you get the answer you need. Like, I mean, that works too, but I'm just so ADHD and like not patient with that sort of thing. So I kind of need to put myself in situations to where I can like pick up. Firsthand information from people who so that's this that's the thing. Just I need to be next to the people who can be. Well, like, you do live you with do the that? number four
0: rock producer in the country. What you live with the current number four rock producer in the country,
1: is he? What is this? What is this line? So where there's is this a top?
0: separate billboard chart for producers, not just um, the songs themselves. And uh, I think it was like a week ago it was posted that him and I don't know the guitar player's name. Joa, maybe or uh, Jolly Jolly. Yeah. Uh, they were both Goes on. There it was like number, both of them were like number four and number four and number four and number five or something. Nice. Um, Who's first you want? I don't remember at the time. Um, I just was so like, Holy crow. Like, that's crazy. Um, because it seems like, you know, I, I had heard that they did everything themselves And I think that that's such an inspiration for a lot of artists out there where they need to put more time and more love into their craft and maybe they'll yield better results out of it. And I know that's certainly been inspirational for myself included. Um, Yeah,
1: I I I think it's good for me also to be to be around it because it's it's I definitely feel like I do more and care more about learning new things. You're living
0: with a moment in time. Like, it's, you know, we're, we're both seeing new successes, for sure. Like, our bands are doing much better. But the thing that they're going through right now is crazy. Like, you know, they might come out the other end like
1: the biggest band in rock. Like, yeah. you know. Also, we should probably point out we're talking about Bad Omens <laughs> and, and oh. Noah. Um, yeah, I, don't I honestly actually I I feel it. like at this point, I you can say
0: anymore. Noah and people know. I don't yeah. really think it's like that word. But uh, um, yeah, you know, yeah, with uh, returning it's... back to podcasting in general. I'll try to clarify. Yes, we're talking about the sexiest man on People Magazine's hot bod Noah guy, Noah Sabash.
1: Yeah, it's cool to see. I'm happy for yeah, that. And I remember, I remember when they were working on their record, whenever I first moved out here like three years ago. Yeah. It was like pretty pretty clear that it was going to make a splash. Um obviously the splash is bigger than I guess one could imagine unless you've actually been there and seen the thing that you would imagine but yeah but but since it's like kind of ramped up i i it's it's not really surprising i'm just like yeah i mean you you wrote a good record that like this is kind of what happens that's why I like I, I think it was i think it was matt anderson you guys are st- he still books you guys right yes sir um i think it was him that said like she said to me like we like had some random meeting like 10 years ago and he he said it starts and ends with the music which maybe like a lot of people say that i don't know but he was the the first person i heard say that and i was like yeah damn that's like one of those things Dude, that i'm going to think about all the time forever now yeah. and it is it's just like cuz people get in the really. weeds of thinking about you know like what's trending on on uh octane radio or like what like what do, what do the people want to hear it's like who who gives a fuck like just write what you like to write and it'll catch on i mean i'm not saying like i shouldn't say who gives a fuck because it's like yeah you want to make music people like but if it's like honest and it's what you want to do like that's just going to happen it's going to translate great examples like sleep token like there's nothing straightforward about a band like sleep token and they're huge they're probably like the next band down from like popularity in the genre like after bad omens like it's like it's pretty uh it's pretty crazy to see What's happening to Sleep Token? And, and they're writing like six minute songs with like jazz outros and shit. So it's like, yeah, anyone who says like there's a certain way you're supposed to write music to like garner a fan base is just I just immediately don't trust them, and I kind of never have. Agreed. And you know, like a few things for that one.
0: Did you see that Daughtry covered Sleep Token? That's crazy. He stated no. the scene um, posted it, and he does chokehold, and it sounds incredible. Just him in an acoustic whole. Packed ass room doing it. Incredible. Wow. And I That's agree insane. with you. Uh, the thing that Matt said, you know, I talk to people about that all the time, where I, I very much agree. And it's something that I feel like more people need to embrace day seekers, a really good example of that. I think, like, you know, the, um, you could say like a snowblood or like when everything means nothing and like stuff like that, these moments where you don't really. Th- I feel like you're not trying to shoot for anything. You just make something real. And with that provides you a success that you couldn't necessarily manufacture another way. And it's just giving that like real honest to God truth that you have. Like, and it's rare. It is because we all get competitive in the sense of you see what's popping. You see like, okay, okay everyone you know really you know copied bring me for like a long time and it's funny because i would say the early bad omens definitely sounded very bring me influenced but now i feel like they're going to be that thing that now people are going to copy and i mean it's already happening like, i'm
1: already you know, i'm already hearing it <laughs>
0: yeah yeah um and uh sleep token i just don't know if you could copy but the sleep token thing that you know and i guess both bands if you really try
1: if, if if someone tried, the, I mean, people would see right through it. But I mean, maybe they will not care if you if you copy good enough. I won't name it. You got
0: me thing, so. Um, I'm gonna sing like that now. I'm gonna sing like um Creed, but in Sleep, Sleep Token. With Sleep Token
1: instrumentals.
0: I'm the singer of Sleep Token. No one
1: knows. I fucking knew it.
0: I'm Vessels. Um You're vessel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I love that band. They're sick. Um I wish though. So, but I don't wish. Cuz I'm me. I don't want to be anybody else. All right. Don't talk about other stupid fucking bands. Talk about your band. Um All right. So, the last thing it. about like Snowblood was I feel like that was the track that really um solidified like the marriage between like you and JT and like figuring out like the best way to balance that Good cop, bad cop, if you yeah. will. Yeah, that
1: um, song. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go, ahead. go ahead, No, you. Uh, that song's funny. Like it's funny that that is the the biggest one at the moment because it's uh, yeah, it, it like what we were just talking about. It kind of goes against anything like as far as like the structure you're supposed to abide by. It's kind of a mess. Yeah, it's, it's sort of just a mess of a song.
0: It like it, it, it kind of. It, but I think that's why I like it it catches me off guard at times, but all of it's very catchy and rhythmic. Yeah. It's like tech for dummies. You know, I can always still. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just has this natural rhythm to it. That makes you want to have fun. Like even when you're having your techier moments, like going into like, uh, that last chorus section and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm a big fan. I like that song a lot. Talked about that song a lot over time. Um, Thanks. But latest single, "Pull from the Ghost," very oh, yeah. stuck in my head, and Brilliant. I think is a better version of that marriage. Where I feel like that was like figuring it out the bet, like in the newest, best way at that time, and then now. The way that you guys balance the chorus and when he does the like pitch yell pull from the ghost. It's so sick. Um
1: and yeah, the, yeah, what were you saying? That that one I've never quite figured out like where I where I stand on it. <laughs> if I'm if the, I'm on it. Like I, the like, song like, itself? I, yeah, I, I, I like the song. Um I mean was sure. it because at, at the time that we were like trying to yeah. come up with a single, I had a a massive pool of ideas that I was you know that I've been developing for months, and that one was written like within a month of going into the studio. It was kind of like a a little extra song, so so I kind of started from scratch with it. But I was just like so into it that I was just like I'm just going to nurture this idea and this is the single. Like uh so, everything else that I had, I guess I'm just going to save for the next record. But um. But, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think because it, it just felt maybe people don't agree with this, but for me, it felt like a little, a little bit of a departure just in that it was like straightforward. Um,
0: yeah, I thought uh, like, that's kind of, I thought it was, uh, going like it, it is structured and it is gener kind of straightforward, but that's why I liked it where I felt like it was a nice, like growth from Snowblood, where I was like, okay, there's some similar flavors here, but I think that this dish I actually enjoy more than this dish.
1: Yeah, i th- I think my I think my lean is more towards like the pull from the ghost kind of kind of structure. Um, yeah. but again, like I I don't want to like commit to necessarily like I I don't think we have to stick to that lane. Like I feel totally comfortable continuing to write a song like Snowblood for a record, but um. I think you kind of see that on that record in particular, you know, there's, there's songs that don't necessarily have to, they can kind of just stand on their own as their own thing. Like I'm not too interested in like a, a like a thematic record, you know, like there's Snowblood, but then Divisionary is like way more quote, unquote, straightforward. The last songs like mostly piano and all singing. So it's like it, it, you, I think, our band will operate best if we don't think too much about how a song is supposed to sound and we just kind of do what we feel. Yeah. But, um, but I think that kind of
0: what Bob and I were talking about the other day, just like not being worried to get weird. Like it doesn't yeah. really matter. Like I think we did enough of like <clears> shooting <throat> for the hit. And I think now we know when and where to try to pull those punches, but in general, just have fun with it. Like. Yeah. You know, Bob wrote a new song that doesn't necessarily have like a structure to it. It does have a big, heavy chorus, but it's dumb as fucking shit. And it sounds so stupid. And I love it. And I can't wait for everyone to hear it. And it just sounds like he's just having fun and not trying to like do anything in particular.
1: Yeah. Um I mean and if you want to analyze <laughs> we were saying to not do earlier like if you want to analyze like what's popular like it's a good time to be experimental and kind of do whatever you want because like a band like Knocked Loose is massive no one would have anticipated something like that a few years ago Yeah. but um But, but, but it is kind of, of funny. modern day it, it, it's funny to think that there will be a lot of bands who feel sort of like free to get a little weirder because of what's popular um yeah. it's like
2: I mean yeah
0: like no what what are you thinking like, I I agree well, with I'm you thinking, I agree I, with you yeah
1: I I'm, I'm thinking like you know like it it takes like some bands that are sort of like trailblazing that that uh mentality to allow other bands to be like oh that's what we'll do because it's popular now but it's like yeah but those bands that got popular like they got popular because they weren't trying to do that. They were just doing what they felt and people picked up on that well, energy and they felt that there was authenticity to it. And that's why they followed it. Like it wasn't like knocked loose. I don't believe that band set out to be anything. Just like, I don't believe sleep token was like, we have to write this kind of song. Like I agree. people are just responding to bands being authentic and doing their thing. And
0: I just, you uh, also want to be with that, like authenticity. I think that what all those artists have is, they're unique in their own pockets where there's like a range of this, where there's the Brian Garrises and the Ollie Sykes and like these voices that are remarkably unique, stand out. You know exactly who it is the second you hear it in the way that Bruno Mars and Adam Levine are, where one of the things that I think that helps that success is doing that, where having your own unique pocket within that kind of stuff where I think for some of the older heads, like maybe like uh, Matt Honeycutt sounds like a, um, uh, like the dude from Barrier Dead, uh, Matt Brusso. And then maybe like you sound a little bit like a Cove Reber to like um, our, gen- like to us old heads. But I think that to the people that are now actually hearing our music, including like to fit for a King and stuff like that, where I think that at times Kirby like reminds me of like Brooke Reeves a little bit. You have this moment where to all those people, cause even in a sense, they don't even know anything about my band as an example, beyond dark skies most of the time. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are holding these really cool, unique places within the scene right now where We don't quite realize it, but when we were younger and a lot of our us, for example, we're like, we want to be like the corns and we want to be like Limp Bizkit or they want to be like, you know, whatever said popular slipknot metal band. Right. But if you look at right now, the way that you would look at those moments, bands like I prevail and motionless and white have number one songs at rock. Knocked Loose and Scowl are playing Coachella. Sleep Token, Bad Omens, and uh, Spirit Box are like the biggest, hottest bands on the planet. Metalcore is new, new metal. Metalcore is now. Metalcore is active rock. Metalcore is the thing in that moment of time that will be remembered like a grunge or a hair metal or whatever. It's just different. And you don't realize it because you're in it.
1: Speaking subjectively, I am just so glad that the kind of music that I think is cool, the kind of metal that I think is cool, is the metal that is um, the most popular right now. Yes.
0: I agree um, very much. It makes it, me very happy. Like yeah. Seeing emotionless and white, win. who is like, you know, like with an example, I loved like Bleeding Through and like early Atreyu and 18 Visions and all that kind of stuff, which awesome to see Atreyu is still also completely kicking ass, but that kind of stuff. And then seeing someone who also enjoyed that stuff, who's around my age and then just like did it to the best, most maximum level. It's incredible. Like so mm-hmm. cool. And go see fit for the Kings with motionless and Whiten in this moment, this summer on tour, you stupid
1: Fox. It's for the Kings.
0: It's for the Kings, but yeah, it's crazy. We're lucky. We're lucky to get to like, see it and be in it and live it at the moment. It's pretty cool. Um, with, the meaning behind um pull from the ghost is that kind of you writing about that time period in which we couldn't really do stuff and now you were trying to like find maybe like inspiration and meaning in a moment when we were all feeling pretty lost
1: are you speaking uh lyrically yeah uh actually that one doesn't see sometimes when you write lyrics for a song sometimes the message is like I feel like most of our lyrics are like pretty ambiguous, but, but sometimes people kind of see through to what the point of it is. Yeah. Um, with little effort. Divisionary is a good example of that. Um, everyone kind of gets it, but uh, that one, I feel like, the, I don't know which one's really.
0: divisionary. I'm, I'm so bad at names.
1: Oh, uh, that's just
0: uh I'm mean, something for me, bro. Fans
1: on. probably, probably know what it is. It, it's just a song. We it's just like one of the singles from the deluxe record. Okay. One of the first singles we put out before the record came out, but um, I don't know, just about us being addicted to our phones. Um, um, but but like pull from the ghost, that one I don't think reads very uh obviously, maybe because it's so subjective, but um, no, that one's just kind of about my like weird perception of like love and relationships and like <laughs> commitment issues it's like a very like personal like me song so but maybe i went so personal with it that it's like i don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about but um you can get that
0: no i have but, a um, i have a song on uh the new my side projects record that's called commitment issues that i wrote some other people's commitment issues not mine because i'm super committed but
1: yeah well it's yeah, but so the concept before from the ghost was like, um, someone kidnapping a person and then letting them go. <laughs> oh, um, I, and like
0: so, kind of so, like you, but not like you, like the show. No,
1: see, I, I probably already said like, oh, the show you. I've never seen that show. No, like um, like I just probably, watched it recently. I probably already like explained more than I should about it because it, because of the way that I wrote it, like it wasn't, it wasn't like a straight. No, you can leave it vague if you like want. Never, it's okay. Yeah. Well, the thing is it is vague. There's no way to make it not vague. Yeah. Cause there's parts that I read and I'm like, I can't really remember exactly where I was going well, with this. A lot of people
0: may not know that you're such an avid reader as well, where I think you read more than anyone I've ever met on tour.
1: Oh, nice. Um, and, which well, cool. except yeah. for, uh, the only person I've—I I've, mean, uh Mike from the Devil's Prada—that guy reads like a madman. The guy oh, reads okay. like fifty books a year, and he has great taste. We kind of read the same shit. I realized.
0: So I would um, say you have great taste in books. I think so. That's cool. What kind of I stuff think you think I, like to I, read? I think I read
1: pretty like well-regarded stuff. So, like I'd I, like if I gave you a book recommendation, I would I would feel like you could trust me. <laughs>
0: See, I just don't know if I could um, read it because I feel like some sometimes I need a thesaurus when I'm going through your songs because I, I'm like, oh man, like, well, are,
1: yeah. Well, so, so so one more thing I'll say about pull from the ghost is that it's just like, like, like I I wrote it in a way to be like to where the focus was the story, and I kind of had my own relatability to the story concept of the song, but yeah, because it's not like straightforward and because it's written to be ambiguous and to kind of like take your own thing from it it's like uh like i can't even like pinpoint exactly what the hell I'm, i was talking about at times cuz it's just like very much of the moment i was writing it but um but as far as as far as the lyrics and reading i've talked about this a lot but uh your your lyrics just like will get better if you read a lot and and not just like reading recreationally but like i mean i do read because i love it but it also like i do kind of approach it like i wouldn't call it work but like i'm like i'm paying attention like when i read a word that i don't know in a book i write it down i look it up and i write it down specifically and i have this like long note of words that i've written down that i didn't know and something about writing it down and then occasionally going back to that note and looking at the words you kind of like you just learn them intuitively it's like when you hear them i don't have to think i don't have to look it up anymore i'm like oh yeah i know what that word means and it just it just expands your vocabulary like genuinely versus what a lot of people do with writing lyrics to where you're just like googling words and like looking up synonyms of big words to sound smarter find
0: the idioms that i need to put into my course Um, yeah
1: i i think i think that's like i think that's totally normal to do that early into writing lyrics like i certainly did that uh you know on like the first couple like albums or songs that i was writing you know like early bands and stuff but i think if you're like if you're serious about it and you want to go beyond just like stock lyrics like like, which you know you don't have to a lot of people don't give a shit about the lyrics and they're not really expecting much out of lyrics it's like the i feel like the part that people think about the least but to me it's like it's part of the music so i think it's important and uh Yeah, I guess it it
0: depends on what you want out of your music as well, or what you're aiming for with your songs. Where
1: so reading helps uh, that, (laughs) like like it helps you kind of find your own voice in your. My wife was important, avid
0: reader, and um, reads constantly. And I agree. Um, I don't do it. I've always been horrendous at it. Like not just with sitting down and trying to do it, but even just doing it itself. But I'm certainly uh, like it's one of those things that I've been thinking about. So I just start like at least this last like two years, I've been reading a lot of comic books and it at least like taught me that I can enjoy it. I just need to not be such a piece of shit all the time and actually do it. I'll buy a book. I just don't fucking read it because I'm lazy and uh, self-indulgent. and I'll just get high and not do it. Um, But I should do it. My wife's smart. I like yeah, the way I mean, she speaks. You've always, I, I
1: mean, the thing yeah. about the thing about reading is like you can't. It's so tough to get into because you you can't force it because like, yeah. um, you can passively like watch a television show or a movie and kind of zone in and out, but you can't do that with a book because you'll just like you'll you'll literally miss it like like your brain goes on autopilot autopilot like like when you're driving you know like you'll. You're so used to driving, and you're thinking about other stuff, and then like before you know it, you're like a couple miles down the road, and you don't actually like have any image of what the last like couple yeah. miles have looked like. Readings like that too, or you'll be three pages in and you can't recollect anything that you've read. So like, you can't force it, and and I think that yeah, like I like I'm like my attention span is like like I think I have ADHD or some shit, but um. I was I was diagnosed with it like a few years ago, but like I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Like I'm like, is this getting worse? Yeah. But uh but things like reading are good for that because like it's tough it's tough for me to get in the state to be able to focus. So like there's like a, a real effort happening to where I can like really zero in on the book and not think about other things. So once I like hit that, it's like a small victory in itself and it almost it it almost like does for me what what i like I think meditation does to where it just kind of puts you in the moment and in the thing that you're doing, and then because the content of what I'm reading, if I'm reading the right book, it'll just like you know I'm reading the words of someone who I look up to or like someone who's like a really intelligent person and like has like a great message to spread, so it's like you're getting like their input in the most intimate way like their their words you're you're sitting with their words for hours and hours and hours and hours, and, and you're also like. There's a self accomp there's like a a self achievement of like you know, investing in paying attention and focusing on on what the message is and it's just like it's just like the like the best education I've ever had. I didn't go to college or anything. So like it's almost like my way of not dumbing myself down. I don't think
0: anyone's ever made reading sound more important, enjoyable or necessary before. Like especially as someone who, you know, in a way, you know, I don't necessarily as, as much as you, but like we write for a living as well as creators and songwriters and stuff like that. So like we should be sourcing new vocabulary. And I certainly see where I get very redundant in my rhyme schemes and stuff like that as well, where if I read, um like poetry in general more like more frequently I think that would be helpful as well um where Mm -hmm. I think I was sharper at it when I was younger just because I was reading it more frequently um but I think my life experience yields better content so if I could be as sharp as I was then with the things that we've gone through now I think I would write better songs um but well, in general it, yeah Go ahead. The,
1: the, the, there's that thing like when you're writing lyrics you're like you're like oh what's the word i'm thinking of or like what's the word for this or what's the word for that like like that that those kind of things that you get hung up on like don't come as frequently i've realized it just just the, the slow progression of like the result of reading a lot like that's like one thing that i've noticed where i'm like Oh, like I don't, I don't have to like put as much time into that. I can put most of my thinking energy just into like the content of like the flow and stuff. Cause there's always a word like in my, or like Stephen King, like calls it like the toolbox. He he, he, he wrote a book about, he wrote a book about writing. It's called on writing by Stephen King. It's really good. But he, he was talking about like a writer's toolbox. of like, you know, that's just like your vocabulary. So you, so you have more like things to plug in your disposal which helps with rhymes because you can you can come up with um rhymes a lot easier because you know yeah
0: no it makes you know? sense i used to freestyle practice freestyling all the time with uh, my friend evan who i um play with in my other project he just plays piano so well, he plays drums in that band and piano but amazing pianist and i would always just like i get out of work go to his house and I would just like hear him playing when I'm at the door. So that means it's like, come on in and he would just keep playing and we would start just singing songs and freestyling stuff and trying to just like find new patterns, find new melodies, find new rhythms like, all, and it was such a good exercise that we were just doing to fuck around at the time. And I didn't realize what a good practice it was. Um, but it's good for singing too. find that pocket. You know, just great. Um, so one more thing that um, I wanted to talk about in regards to, like, Era um, is kind of your relationship with uh, UNFD. And I feel like there's a few bands that, like, you know, they brought in who, like Silverstein, for example, or you guys, I feel like out of um, that pocket between, like, brand new bands nobody's heard of, to the Silversteins, you guys were that band that was kind of in the middle with when you signed, but have been their greatest success since the launch of the company. Like, obviously, they were an Australian establishment, but I would re- like refer to this branch of the label as a whole new thing. And I was, um, shout out Francesca and Leander, super, super nice, awesome people over at UNFD, and I was just like thinking about, you know their roster and stuff like that the other day and i was like yeah i feel like era has seen the greatest success with this company and uh, how's it been for you um finally getting to like because the band previously was with tragic hero for a while and um at the time like back when we were younger like cool ass fucking label i had some cool bands I and that's you know i you know like if you asked me back when i would assign to to Tragic Hero at the time when you signed to Tragic Hero, mm-hmm. and I get it. They had some cool shit. Yeah,
1: well, and then now- on Sumerian yeah. there in the middle, too. I don't know if you remember that. Wow, I did jump over that.
0: I, I, tried I guess, that yeah, have you watched their different. talent show on YouTube? No. You gotta go watch Ash put together uh, like, Kellen Quinn and Katie Babs host it, yeah. um, and it's like American Idol, but People and bands come and like try out, and then Alice Cooper is like, Honestly, you're shot, bro. And it's real cool. Uh, you should go watch it because it's fun. And there's also, uh, uh, what was this show? My friend Brian called me a Slap Fight or su- Slap Super Slap or something. Hold on. Um, you gotta watch this shit too. It's
1: ridiculous. Um,
0: God.
2: Uh, fuck.
1: I'm gonna All wait right. real quick. I'm gonna uh, talk about UNFD. <laughs> okay, go ahead.
0: But then you gotta watch this the slapping. It's incredible.
1: What is it? Slapping <laughs>
0: It's like UFC, but they slap each other.
1: Power Slap!
0: You gotta watch Power Slap. It's a it's a reality TV show that's like the Ultimate Fighter Championship for UFC, but it's dudes. They slap the shit out of each other, and then they're living in a house together, and they're like competing to be like the best slapper in the fucking world. And you got Dana White's trying to make it a new sport. (laughs) You gotta watch it; it's
1: awesome. Power slap. This this is just not the kind of TV I watch, Tuck. I
0: generally I only watch uh, documentaries, and um, this this, is but murder docs, like murder porn stuff, all the time because it makes me feel good, and um. The power the only the
1: the, the, the most like my 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 peak of reality tv is uh the great british baking show
0: well that's an amazing show
1: i love that show it's a feel-good show i can can handle that kind of reality tv because it just makes me feel good yeah everyone's nice and like like even when they're like criticizing the cakes it's just like I don't know. Everyone's like pretty well intentioned. I'm just like, this is what yeah. I need. Like after I got my wisdom teeth removed, I was like, uh, I just need to feel nice. And I put on that show and it completely like scratched that itch. And that's the only thing I will ever need reality TV for. Like, um, beyond that. There's a show called
0: Next in Fashion. It's on like
1: Yeah, see, that's just not Netflix my thing. As well.
0: No, but it's kind of like that, but for fashion.
1: Oh, and- that one's got Tan France, right?
0: Yes. I and fucking love that. Again. It's awesome. It's not, and like that thing. It was one of the shows. Like my wife put on. I occasionally watch like those kinds of shows with her, and uh, I got really into it. I was like, no, like you got. I'm going to keep watching. This is sick. Um, watched that. It was Tan. a feel good.
1: Yeah, my favorite, tremendous my favorite host, favorite amazing on, uh, queer eye.
0: Yeah, um, um, but I love Jonathan too. Though. I love all. Of them love that
1: show. But if you um, want to, so okay, but I will unified. just say this about UNFD they're great yeah francesca's the best heather's great it's awesome i, I don't really super, i guess i don't have much more no
0: that's okay in, they're but, super nice uh, they let you do fast. what you want you get to make great records who did you do um ghost from um pull from the ghost with
1: Carson and grant uh okay. atrium audio
0: the um who also did the, the deluxe record you did the, the record with them in general right um, uh-huh. The self-titled, um, yeah, I really I I enjoyed the mix on that song, and I thought that the uh, I really liked the production at the beginning of the song. That was super cool. Um, it was fun. Thanks. I enjoyed it. So I want to ask you some Ghost House stuff too. Um, okay.
1: Yeah, you, it's actually it's a, a, it's yeah? actually kind of a good time to to talk about that. Finally, I finally like how are you gonna? Well, are you something. gonna
0: finally release some stuff? Like it's been yeah. since 2019. Long time.
1: Yeah, well, it's been it's been two years. It's but which is still a lot. But it's it's like coming up on two years now, pretty soon. What would you put uh, out?
0: I thought the last thing was the uh, sleep therapy.
1: Yeah, you you're right. Else? You're right. Yeah, that, that was the last thing I put out. Yeah, I've been working on this record for two years. Oh, okay. Um, and a lot of people are just like people that are aware of Ghost Alice have asked me like like you know basically what is going on like how, like where yeah. is this record, um the the honest reason why it's just been so delayed is just that i've obviously been busy with with era and i um i think i get overwhelmed by a lot of things going on and just like i haven't like allowed the space to think about rolling the record out which is on me but that well you do it, seems it all yourself be, it right seem to be on on track here I, uh yeah 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 like like for the for the most part, depending on do you use what like a distro
0: or like about. Blood Blaster, any, like who do you put the? I haven't done out with? in the
1: past. I've done nothing. Um This time around, that's not going to be the case because you you kind of have to ask. This is actually a good thing we could talk about because I I I have done independent for that project forever, and it's cool. Like it's sweet to just like, you know, I don't know, like um. Yeah, it's just like really nice to have like an independent. Dude, having there. I can
0: only imagine. I mean, owning those like you own all the Ghost Atlas songs, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, but, that's pretty cool. Especially like when you guys stream really well.
1: Yeah, and uh, like that was um, that that worked for me for a long time because I always had Era as kind of the the you know like like Era always ran in a traditional way on a label. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was cool to have, a. it was cool to kind of have both because I could like use the, 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 the good parts about being on a label for era would just kind of like help grow my own name and therefore slowly grow ghost Alice. Um, yeah. so that was, that was like helpful, but, um, at this point though, like, because you know, era has more going on than ever. Um, and I've just seen the way I've like taken like too much time and I've kind of delayed a lot of the process over the last two years with this record because I've been busy with era. I think it just like kind of required me having an honest conversation with myself and just saying like, what, what is more worth it to me? Is it worth it to continue to be independent and do it all my own? Or like, is there something to be said about allowing help from people that I trust to roll this thing out in a Rose way that was way way out better on than sharp tone
3: records this fall
1: <laughs> um but yeah so, so this time around i'm just like all right like i uh i think that i care more about people just hearing this record and it getting to people and it being promoted properly that's more important to me than hoarding it all to myself like uh that so my priorities just changed around that band so and that's been kind of part of the delay too is just figuring out how I do that, like, like who puts the record out, like who I want to, no, work with uh, to do that, but but now things are like moving, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. Where you have a lot of the catalog now, obviously, like, say you sign to a label, they are going to be like, hey, can I buy your back catalog? I think your band is great, and they may have or may not have approached it. It seems like you probably were like, nah, be don't touch it. um But taking help on doing this record sounds great. Um, uh did you I guess you can't really talk about if UNFD had um primary rights to it from your uh era contract or not. Um but I can't um, wait to hear I've, it.
1: Yeah. I've always like worked out um To have independent I've always maybe. I've always worked it out like like Sumerian was like really cool about this also, like like just like having it separate, you know, having it as a separate thing, which I I think like all Well, yeah, I mean it seems like one of those things that should be talked about with, with, with every deal. Like, if you have like a second band, like something that should be discussed between the artists. Yeah. The, the band being signed and the label is like, what do we do with these side projects? Well, and know? that's why. So, it's just like, something I've always been conscious of talking about.
0: Yeah. That's why, like, with my side projects, especially at the time when I um, started it, where uh, for those listening, if they do or do not know, I have another band called. Offered minivan with an album called Swan Dive that's out. Uh, and I have new stuff that I'm starting to release next week, actually. And uh, when we made the project, you know, tooth, solid state tooth and nail, I'd offered. And I was just like, yeah, like I would love the help. Like I don't have to worry about anything. That sounds great. And it depends on what you want out of the project. We're obviously like owning masters is awesome. And I think it should definitely be encouraged for people. Um, But at that time, I was like, you know, engaged and young and not having a lot of money. And it wasn't really the time for me to be like, I'm going to spend $5,000 on a record or something. So um, I've loved the assistance with the project because it's let me uh, keep it my art project kind of like I can do all the things that I want in the way that I want in a time span that I want and never feel rushed. Where like, is always like, every 18 months, you got to put out a fucking record. Otherwise, your band sucks.
1: Right. Um, And and it it can feel like sort of a superpower to just sort of like, not really care what happens to to the band. Or like, not really care if like, you get a huge fan base. It's just like, well, I care that I have a thing that is completely my own thing. And I can just do whatever I want with it. Like, that's where the freedom came in. That's where the value came in.
0: It's had great consistent growth over the years, though. You know, and I like through um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your streaming and stuff, like definitely a lot more people have heard about it. But I think that in a way that because you don't do a ton with it, that makes people yearn for it even more where they're like, Yeah, when is Jesse gonna fucking play this shit? Like
1: Yeah, um, and and I've I've talked for years about legitimizing the project. And I, I think with this record it's like, okay, I can talk about that for as long as I want, but it's never really gonna be legitimized unless I properly roll this thing out like uh, yeah so yeah I, I want people to be able to buy vinyl like physical in general you know and um yeah I, I don't want like a huge machine behind it but um just like a couple people that i trust who like i know will do a great job by it that's um which is what i which is what i have now like in order to put the record out the way yeah. i want to
2: so we'll have so, some um,
0: announcements kind of soonish, you'd say soon goes to
1: Atlas yeah i think so i think so i mean i'm like so timid to promise timeline things because yeah. you always betray them and you all you're always wrong and you're like yeah. i thought it would be out well, by
0: now i'm sorry like knowing that there will be something in the future is nice that's enough for me
1: so the, the kind of the things that needed to happen to sort of get the ball rolling are rolling so now i feel like i feel like we're about to I feel like there's a snowball effect on the horizon of like actually waking up one day and being like, Oh my God, my new song is finally on the internet. People can yeah. finally hear it after four years. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's rolling. I love the record. Um, very excited about it. Get to send me some of your new Swan dive stuff.
0: we Will do. Um, yeah, I will send it over. I'm very excited. It was fun to, in a similar sense, like, not feel pressured where I just wrote until I felt like it was done and then was like, okay, like i go to a studio, and make this now. Like all the when, demos did, when
1: did you change stuff. the name?
0: Oh no, it it is called Offered Minivan. I just the album was called Swan Dive, so uh um, oh, okay. I branded a lot of the stuff from that record with that name just because I think it's cool and Offered Minivan is a bad band name. Um
1: well, that's what I—I I mean, I thought it was uh, like a funny, tongue-in-cheek name, but but then when you—I thought earlier in this conversation you yeah. said you changed it to Swan Dive, and I was like, I could see why, given like I
0: like, considered like, it actually, and I talked to the label about it, and they were opposed to it, and so maybe that's some of the things that like when you're independent, you can do or not. But that's what the the name is supposed to be. Very, um, I
1: think it's fun. I like it.
0: I, I I, you. I just misheard your yeah. other and I was like, oh, I
1: didn't realize you changed the name.
0: Yeah, no, it, it is, a, you know, kind of especially going off that first record, because basically all the songs on the first record are true stories uh, about people from around my hometown and where I grew up and stuff. And mm. the name kind of pairs with one of the songs, Taconic, where. If you go on Amazon and you watch a documentary called There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane, there was this woman who, the whole family's over at this camp, does an overnighter, blah, blah, blah. And in the morning, <clears throat> everyone loads up with the kids, gets ready to go, and something happened. And she's seen in, like, a camera at this gas station. And then she goes the wrong way on the Taconic and causes a monster pileup. And when you think of the name offered, minivan, it sounds, you know, just kind of innocent. Maybe you think it's like some country band or some shit, but it's actually quite the tragic event. So, um, yeah, I mean,
1: it's it's funny you say that you wouldn't think it to be tragic because I do associate that name with tragedy. and And I think it's because we play music. And we yeah. have toured extensively in a van. and We know the risk involved with that. And like, you know, obviously oh, yeah. a lot of accidents have occurred in bands being on tour in vans. So like, I think my, my mental association with it is tragedy Because when I think about a van being off-road, I think about all the potential, you know, things that, that could go wrong the, when we're I out on tour. I never thought
0: about it in that sense. And that's has gotta I, be weird because I yeah. obviously like, yeah, we're in bands and that makes a lot of sense. But I think because the way, the way that it spawned, I'm on the throughway with my wife and uh, it's in standstill traffic and a minivan goes like through over the Meridian and like through the grass and stopping up on the other side. And she just goes, look, it's an off-road minivan. And I was like, oh, that's my Jimmy Eat World. Like, that's it. And yeah. I was working on that song, Taconic, and like had all these songs starting to gather. And, you know, it just kind of like, all fell together in this way where I was like, I always want it to be an art project first and foremost, where I feel like I'm just doing something that comes naturally from my, my soul rather than anything that's being manifested with like a purpose, because I don't expect anyone to ever actually like the band or to listen to it or to want us to play, just make it. Cause it makes me feel good.
1: I mean, yeah, I don't think that is uh the case but but i but i do think that principle going into making music yeah can be Helpful. like a magical principle i think really yeah. good stuff can happen if the no fucks if you. you
0: will um but you played recently kind of with ghost atlas where you got were. so did you go to australia with the purpose of playing those shows or were you out with pot and then you guys played some solo shows while on the pot new tour
1: yeah yeah it, new was era. A, it, it was, was like a co-headliner one. right uh no uh plot headlined Um, and like uh, yeah, for for the shows, I played Ghost Alice sets, and Landon played sets for his uh, solo music, Landon tours, and um, yeah, we, we were we were just like, we were already there, and um, someone had reached out to us from Australia and suggested that, well, you guys are already here playing Era Plot New shows, like, what if you played some Side Project shows? And then uh, Landon texted me and was like, "That's not a bad idea. Do you want to do that?" And I was like, "Okay, sure." And uh, I, I have a hard time saying no to things. Um, so,
0: so that's we, why you're
1: here right now, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, no, no, no. I've been trying to get here for a long time. You know that. Well, but, um, yeah, yeah, I had said that
0: when I made my eventual return and had like video and stuff, I always wanted you to be the first guest back because I've wanted to do this interview for a long time as well. So thank you, but continue.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we're both home at the same time right now. That's that's a big that's a big was, thing. It's
0: about goddamn like, time. Schedules
1: um, crossing, but um, yeah. So we we just did it for that reason, and um, yeah. That was like totally just just for fun i mean it's like like you said like i haven't put on music in four years i haven't put out a record in fucking over five years which is absolutely psycho um yeah so it was like yeah sure i mean like you know the people who know what this project is will be stoked about it and it's an excuse to be in australia longer so we we're able to just like really enjoy at, at least the three major cities that you play when you go to Australia, because we got to go to those cities three separate times while we were there over the course of two weeks. So we got to like really spend a substantial amount of time in uh, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Sydney, and then had one day in Adelaide, one day in Perth. So like we got yeah. to like f- kind of just like feel more in Australia, which is sweet. I and mean, we kind of got to do that the last time we were there too, which is really nice because it's not an opportunity not, you get it was often. Awful. What?
0: Just all the flying to play shows and you know early mornings in the airport and stuff. It was crazy yeah. when we went with Alpha Wolf. Um,
1: yeah, it's really it's really tiring and way. and it kind of sneaks up to you as well because you're it's such a good experience and you're glad to be there. So you you kind of feel that thing that you feel when things are going well and you don't you you, you feel guilty complaining about anything at that point because you're like look at what I'm getting to do, but then you're like. Yeah, but simultaneously, I feel like really sad and lost, and then you got to kind of like put the pieces together and realize, oh, oh I feel sad and lost and depressed because uh, this is a really wild schedule—like <laughs> flying every single morning and going through yeah six days airport straight security with three and hours like, sleeping. Yeah, yeah, and checking that amount of bags. Like, I like I I always get anxiety at the 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 bag drop with touring because you have so many pieces of gear and you don't know if someone's going to be really cool about the amount of gear that you have like like people who work at the airport like sometimes they will charge you a lot of money for your bag sometimes they'll charge you no money sometimes they'll charge you a little bit of money but like you kind of never know how it's going to go down or what that experience is going to look like so doing it like i think i think we did it like 12 times over the course of two weeks um that's just like awful yeah, that's so, crazy. So, so I was, so I was like, I had these times where I was like, I was like, I don't know why I feel so like miserable because everything is going well, you know. Because I, it's like you know, I, I try to. It's like that poverty mindset, like growing yeah. up poor. Um, it's, it's like it's like you you don't want to complain as long as you're not in that situation. Like you know, like I always want to finish all my food, and that kind of thing. So I'm just like, I'm like, why do I feel so terrible and i'm like oh getting no sleep i'm flying a lot i'm drinking every night that's probably the biggest reason and then i'm uh yeah you're just doing you're just like filling yourself with all these stimulants to like stay energized i'm drinking way more coffee than usual to stay awake so i'm just like consuming 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 not resting traveling going through stressful situations playing shows interacting with with people constantly talking to fans talking to the band talking to people working the show so it's like constant social interaction mixed with that it's like all these things that are just like And it's just like, oh, I'm depressed. I need, I need time off. I need to go home and be a normal person for a little while. That's
0: how I felt at the end of the headliner, even though it was the best tour, like in our career. And it was amazing. And I had like the best time ever. It wasn't that there was anything. It was probably the smoothest, best tour in the history of our band. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at the end, I was just so burnt where it took me the first week. I didn't talk to anybody. I sat in this room. I looked at my magic cards and organized them. And that was it. I did that. Yeah. I hung out with my wife. That was it. And it was amazing. I needed it so bad because I was so burnt. Like five out of six months on tour, will, you know, we'll do that to you. Um, I was curious. Yeah. Uh, with those shows, Who was the guitar player with you? Because I know Connor and Alex were playing drums and bass but it looked like there was a guitar player that i didn't recognize playing guitar with you
1: yeah it was uh clint who's been playing guitar for era for oh um, oh right, right 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 now
0: okay yeah that makes sense um, yeah
1: because we're you know we were the tour the our time over there was mostly about the era plot news shows yeah um so we were yeah so we're you know, i haven't we're, met like,
0: him yet but i've what a tremendous talent the media that guy does is so cool
1: Dude, he is. Uh, he probably gets embarrassed by the amount that we like brag on yes, him, about him on camera. But I like, I I won't. So I won't brag too hard. But I but I could. I could say a lot of good things about Clint.
0: He seems tall, hot, capable, smart, and talented.
1: Yeah, very helpful. Um, like builds our, like builds our sets for tour and stuff, and just like he's just,
0: yeah. It's, a whiz. it's awesome well i can't wait to meet him i'm super stoked um so last thing about ghost atlas are you planning i know you've done a u.s yeah i call it a tour right the the one with um aaron and aaron gillespie yeah, and it's, been, it's uh, been a
1: few years but um
0: planning on doing anything
1: uh if there's music i i i don't want to tour anymore without new music okay cool um
0: so maybe when this you know, album much, finally mysteriously drops,
1: yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll put the record out or like roll songs out and kind of go from there. If there's like a cool opportunity or something, um, but but uh, yeah, main priority is just getting getting the music out there with that band. Um, I really like the record.
0: I really, really, really. Will like you send it. it to me? Can I listen to it? You can. I will send it. I to won't you. give it to anybody, and I'll give you mine as well. Even though it, it I could probably stop, get a couple stop. bucks for the ghost atlas one. <laughs> I could probably put, like tweet right now and be like, "Hey, you motherfuckers, who's got some cash app? Hit me. I'll give you the ghost atlas stuff." Um, maybe yes, like see if it. state let's of the trade. scene wants to do an exclusive or something. Um, that would be pretty cool. But yeah, I won't leak your record. I just want to listen to it.
1: I don't think you'll leak it. I'll send it
0: to you. Okay. okay. The only thing I'll leak is I'll pee when I get off this interview because peeing is We're healthy and everyone should do it. Um, and that's a great way to close out this interview. Jesse, I uh, am very thankful that you gave me this time. This has something that I've like talked about with you for a long time and absolutely admire and adore you. And I think you are the most talented motherfucker out there. And uh, thanks. This was great. It's good. It feels good to be back. And I'm glad I got to do it with a friend. So appreciate you. Dude,
1: thanks. Adore is the word that I was going to use to describe you. I adore you. And I, adore uh, you. you
0: know, I'll always remember you flipping that ping pong table and watching oh, the weed fly no. on my birthday and say, this is my guy right here, as you can probably think of countless times where I've been running around like a fucking idiot, screaming at everyone and being the most annoying person On any tour we've ever done together, but um, maybe not that first one. I was pretty quiet on that first one because I didn't uh, know anybody and I was trying to find my my way. But, uh, dude, again, I've
1: never experienced you being quiet in my life. So I call bullshit on that. Okay,
0: (laughs) man, I think about the first time I'm sitting and I forget where the green room was. It was like downstairs somewhere. And Alex had just gotten weed and I didn't smoke weed in my band at that time. And he was like, going. he was like, do you know how to roll? And I was like, oh, bro, let me do this for you, please. And I got to roll him a joint. And that was the beginning of our friendship. And that was it. That's my story about Alex Baloo for today. Alex, if you listen to this or watch this, please make a commander deck and stop being a piece of shit so we can play. But that's it, Jesse. (laughs) Love you, dude. Thank you so much. Um, And hang on one second so I can properly say goodbye to you off the air. Thank you.
1: Love you. Thank you.
3: a mirror Let